Welcome to What Have You, featuring Rachel Jankovic and Rebecca Merkel. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Before we get started, I wanted to make sure you knew that a featured guest of What Have You, Nancy Wilson, has a new podcast called Femina. Every Friday, Nancy shares a quick, Bible-saturated devotional that covers all matters of the Christian life. You can find the Femina podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. Here we are gathering ourselves together again Long on a very lost. on a very windy day on top it of is. my hill. It is. It's we switched to our winter winds, yeah. I think, because all through the summer it never sounded like raccoons were moving into our stovepipe, yeah. but it's doing that again. Well, I kept thinking that something was scrabbling around in the classroom ceiling today. And I was like, what is it? And it was just the wind blowing across the roof in a weird way. But I just kept looking up there like, what? Something bad is is happening. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Speaking of something bad happening, my car's making a weird noise. Yeah, if you notice that. If you notice that. I went, you guys, I think in our last episode... Well, the last episode In our last episode, I know. I think I told you all about my, my shortcomings of mascara... Uh, how I lost it. Yeah, you did. And that, but in that time, so I ordered a double, a double decker of okay. my mascara I like. Okay. It came. Okay. I found my original mascara oh, good in the unlikely location of, get this, my cosmetic bag. <laughs> I think I mentally blocked the fact that we had gone somewhere and I had packed my makeup. So I never looked in there. Anyways, I found it. And a and a listener mailed us mascara out of the kindness of her heart. So I went from minus one to plus four. Oh, I'm it is feeling good. like, man, if it's only really mascara good. was the rest of my life, I'd be really on yeah, top of things totally. now. That's amazing. But I feel like we should also reassure everyone that the reason we are tardy on the recording here is not because we've been arrested no but you never know anymore in our town you think at any given time you could get arrested (laughs) for any given activity are they on the lamb we had another something that we sing whilst the people who know like us blasted absolutely obscene music it was Cardi B's latest, waft, yeah, latest gem. Uh, blasting it over our heads, and it was actually really. I thought it was that was really you know what? Okay, interesting this... and also horrifying. It, no, and no, beautiful. interesting because it's not the religious people versus the non-religious people. Mm-hmm. It's it, and I've been reading right now for stuff that I've been reading. Anyways, I keep hitting on these assorted historical details like the cult of fertility or like really just grotesque yuckadoo stuff people were all off doing at assorted times and I thought isn't it interesting that for us it's not a cult of fertility it's just a cult of fornication and abortion Barren. Barren barren fornication but this is like I think that Cardi B is like if you took the worst of all the gross rapey rappers yeah and then you instead had it a woman yeah instead oh. and but the fact that it is religious is the part that was interesting yeah. to me it's not non-religion it's practicing a religion it's idolatry yeah. it's anyways well, that's what we did to something though and that is the reason that when people said oh it's that song by cardi b the reason i knew of it was because of the great dust that there had been That's all lately I because of how vile the song is and the fact that it soared up to number one or whatever it was. Never it's like, did. vile song, that's but, us. But here's the other thing, and this is one of the things that it made me realize. Okay, so the reason I knew about it was not because of all of my Facebook friends who love Cardi B, but there was a lot of breathless upset regarding how vile the lyrics were. Now, my thought was, okay, so I'm not going to go Google and read them 
because right no. I mean I I gleaned enough from the outrage to know what the name is and that was enough for me I didn't need to go further I don't know and, Beck, do you think you don't need to make like but, shirts that <clears throat> say I object to specifically but, this line but in Cardi here's B's the thing. Uh, there new are masterwork of, of debauchery Christians yeah, I know who plunge around in there getting more and more angry about it and posting more and more times about it and I this feel reminds like, me of Christians being in a constant sweat about the sex ed classes. Yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is there is, of course, if it's number one in the nation, it is, a, it's a real and present danger. I get that part. But the other thing is, there's, um, there's a good bit of fuel to the fire that I think we could maybe just stop adding. Well, by, sometimes I tell my kids, like, don't be the outrage. Like, don't make it easy for people to get a big reaction from But also, you. it's not healthy for you to no. go read vile stuff and get mad and then go read it some more and get mad and then go read mm-hmm. it some more. It's, that's, that's, that's actually how I feel about any, unless it's something right here that you have a specific obligation yeah. to in some way. I don't need Mm-mm. bulletins about what the drag queens at the libraries no. are doing. And the, I don't. And the reason is because... I'm not taking my children to the library <laughs> to have the drag queen read to them. So it is like yeah. a non... That's what I meant about the sex ed things. Is like, have your outrage have some backbone so that your outrage actually removes you from the situation. Like, yeah. if you think yeah. you're going to listen to top 40 music and not find something objectionable, yeah. what planet have you been living on? And also... Why, of course, sex ed is an evil, Knievel situation. So why are you Don't in the school? Don't put your kids like, there. Maybe yeah. spend your energy constructively instead of destructively. Yeah, and I just think the, the Cardi B thing struck me as it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And I'm like, what we didn't need is a lot of... Christians running around spreading the big news for Cardi B on what she was saying because I'm like what if we were to just go ahead and not speak of those things which are done by them in secret or oh, not, it's not so really secret. secret since it's number one what well, I didn't know until later that that's what the song was and honestly I think it might maybe you can hear what she's saying in that song There's, but there was so much they were blasting it at such a magnitude that you couldn't actually yeah. it was but there was enough. Shadrach was, you could there hear an enough, occasional yeah. word that you were like, mm. Shadrach was standing there with his eyes rather large, looking around, and I was like, yep, sing loud, man, this is warfare. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yep. it was, yeah, that's funny. Anyway. So, before we had Jemima on the podcast, we had a, we left an episode hanging with the promises of following up mm, on it. Did we? I think that was the Spank the Future I need to, podcast. Yeah, I need to, before you go there, because we need to, because we did promise that. I should just need to tell you that I got my big garbage can and my garbage bags oh, that good. we spoke of a while ago. And I did get asked this when I was at the conference in South Dakota lately. Like, how did the garbage bags turn out? And I hadn't ordered them yet, so that was... You're like, don't don't check up on I'm me. I'm just saying, I'm here to report that the garbage can is great. It's big and square, and it turns out that holds a lot more than a round one. Weirdly. Not weirdly. Well, it does. Basic geometry. <laughs> Without taking up more space in your kitchen. Well, that's what, I mean. what I'm saying. Basic geometry yeah, right fine, there, Becky. Fine, Rachel. Yeah. Fine. Uh-huh. Why don't you have a square one, then? Because I have a wine barrel. <laughs> and, um... The bags are promising really well. So I'm feeling really yeah. good about it. Maybe That's you should get me that for my birthday. For your birthday? Yeah. Mm. I'll think I'll think through it. Anyway, mm. that's that's it. Now, Some now we can little garbage bags circle back. sound like they're just up my alley. I know. Now uh, we can circle back and talk about spanking the future. I don't remember what we were why we got onto that though. Mm, but hard to say. So this is sort of just related to it. We probably should have re-listened to the last moments of that one <laughs> so we knew what we were talking about. But related to that is something that I've been thinking about a lot, which we grew grew up with the concept of fellowship, which is something that really is a word we use a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's a word that like 
grandpa and grandma used a lot. So dad grew up with it. Like, mm-hmm. like this is a place where I think we have a weird legacy, an okay. unusual legacy in okay. this particular area. <clears throat> and I was just being struck recently by this that I was like, I think if there are a lot of Christians that we lose when we talk about that because they do not have any bearings like they don't know what is it that we're talking about anyways you know like so when you say you need to get back in fellowship they're Mm -hmm. like but what's the fellowship and if you're like that broke fellowship they're like but what's the fellowship and like we we talk like that and it struck me the other day how there is a desperate need for christians to learn that like by intuition like the sight the smell, the flavor of yeah. fellow of Christian fellowship. Yeah. Because if you've never like put a pin in that in your mm-hmm. like and been like this, this is what we're talking about. Right. What prompted that for me, and I thought maybe we should talk some about this, is I was just listening to a baby, some little baby, not a big baby, being clearly bad. Okay. Like yeah. the clearly an yeah. evildoer. Yeah. And the mom trying to pacify it with snacks or... But, like, if you're holding a little fat baby who's arching their back at you or being yeah. clearly giving you the death stare at something, <laughs> that's not something that you're going to fix with a Cheerio. No. Like, and that the that, that reality, it's not that. We didn't, like... It just is that there are some things, if your baby's making noise because they're communicating with you that they feel unpleasantly or they need something, that's very different than the angry, rude face or the... Sure. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I was just thinking about it, how paying attention to that is really important even when they're little because you're you're not trying to pacify or distract them out of sin. You're trying to... Which, t- t- in my in my experience, that's what I usually see parents doing is where there's an obvious sin and they're, like, trying to soothe them. They're, like, patting their back or, like... Yeah. Like... Um, Change the subject. Do you want to drink? Yeah, like, oh, what's wrong? Where you think, oh, it's the human heart. It's what ails yeah. us all is what's uh-huh. wrong right uh-huh. there. Yeah. Uh, and not because... Not because you're, like, going to whiz into discipline. It's because you want to draw the clear line, mm-hmm. even with a baby, that this is a, that's not what we're doing. No, no, we're not doing that. Right? And so I, I was thinking, like, the difference between that does continue, like, the two paths that you can take when they're very little mm-hmm. does just continue to grow and grow and grow. Because, you know, when you're, like, had a kid who's being a crank and maybe you're being a crank and maybe there's some sin in the atmospheres of Mm -hmm. the house right and they wake up from their nap or whatever and they're fussing and you walk in and you're like oh and you have a dirty diaper (laughs) you know like that is not fellowship that's that's the ambiance of not walking in the light i think i think (laughs) that like even if you're to take a little kid out of it because that's that can be slightly more obtuse, maybe, if you're talking about a little baby. But just think of a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Is your is your home marked by kindness and cheerfulness and getting along? Or are there lots of little digs and little cracks about things and bringing up grievances and reminding him of the time last week that you said this and he said that he wouldn't and then look at this is exactly what Here I said we would go again yeah <clears throat> and so it's like what is the flavor of the home just when it's like at rest if you were to take a sampling of your home the feel the vibe mm-hmm. the sounds and sights and smells of your home is it everybody loves each other or are people you know (laughs) you know the thing where kids will um I don't know like they'll they'll passive aggressively dig their elbow into their seat mate in the back seat and act like it was just 
I was just turning around. I just needed to turn around, but I did it by jabbing my no, it's elbow into the, your ribs. The Boston block, the boss which is where block. you are careful to use your whole body to fill up a door that someone else is trying to come through. Yep. And you, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. that mood. But is that what your home is like metaphorically all the time? Are you looking for any chance to dig the elbow? Right. Or is it actually when something like that happens... Is it a noticeable enough rift that you have to stop and get it fixed before moving on? Exactly. Well, that's what I was trying. That's the reason I was talking about the babies. Because I actually think that there are many well-intentioned parents who, through not recognizing it, are actually building a culture where someone being angry or sullen or slamming a door or being ugly at somebody else is seen as nothing. Right? Like where if your teenage daughter came in and slams the door or gives you a big snork in some way that you might be like, oh, honey, do you need some Advil? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Then that starts when they're really little and you don't recognize the difference between a physical ailment and a spiritual ailment. But I just mean that like if you... If you're not sure how to tell with the baby, it's like, well, sure. But just baseline, you know how to tell when it's you know, adults. Well, I was going to say when and it was then, a baby. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You just, you don't want to like, um, I'm just saying have your bearings, right? What does it mean to be in fellowship? We all yeah, understand totally. it. So when a, when a baby is freaking out in an angry fashion, mm-hmm. you can tell And I want to be clear that we're not talking about a baby who's teething or something no. that's miserable. But, and the other thing is that It's not, it's something that with a baby, you just are not, you get more of what you subsidize and you get less of what you penalize. And the thing is, is with a baby, if they scream at you and you say, no, use your cheerful voice. Like, you know, like, let's talk cheerful. And, but the really important thing is that by holding that standard, like a six week old baby, right? No, no. I'm talking about the kind of baby that might take the bite you gave them out of their mouth and throw it on the floor and <laughs> yeah. give you a, a look of a look of judgment and rage. Yeah. <laughs> and my point there is actually not even this is not a point about discipline. It's a point about standards. Yes. Like the point is that the standard and if you're holding your baby to a cheerful like mm-hmm. you're going to be a cheerful kid kind of a standard. Yeah. You're holding yourself to that, which means yeah. that it's off the off the options for you to huffily go get a child out of their crib, to carry them like a sack of potatoes out to the living room where you sigh heavily and set them yeah. down and like, well, at least you didn't nap today. You know, like these are not the options that are on the table. And I think that it just is so, like if you're just starting out with little kids you'll feel like this is an endless journey of, um, like that think this is so hard to be always like, let's talk cheerfully. And, mm-hmm. and if you grab mama's legs, you can't whine. You have to say, Oh, please mama. Or, yeah. you know, like, and you're constantly trying to correct the tone of voice and you're constantly trying to be like, try it again. And that's good. Mm-hmm. This is why you sleep so hard at night. This well, is why it's really hard work. I was just in the airport with Ben and there was an amazing vignette taking place in front of us. And it was this little, girl who was just barely walking so you know like one or -hmm. something blood curdling shriek rage Mm, happening Mm -hmm. and it was because she wanted to be walking one direction while her mother was trying to make her walk a different direction Mm -hmm. and any time her will was crossed whatsoever she went off into like the entire terminal nose about it it was like full (laughs) Full shriek. Mm -hmm. And as soon as a mother would give in and let her go where she wanted, big beaming smile running around. Like, it was like an on-off switch where it was so clear that this is a little girl who's figured out already how to do it. Exactly how to get her way. And it's working. And that's that's the thing we're talking about is don't set that in concrete. Don't let that be the way that it is because the reality is that is a way to make it not a blessing to have children in your house because what's happening is you are making them live in a way that is not glorifying God. Like you're making them displease God by dishonoring you, dishonoring what you said, not 
You know, like it's it's and just here's the thing, also though. no fun and kids. No. And I just want to say this because toddlers are hilarious and so much fun. Yeah, and there is zero reason. To make that a miserable phase of life. Like, sure, it's busy. But it is in no way the tragedy people make it. But if you have a little hellion, it will be a big time for you. And the other thing, too, is I do think a lot of well-meaning parents who they want that for their kid. They want their child to not be that way. But they go about it in the least effective manner possible in -hmm. trying to dissuade the little wee person from from doing that so like here's my metaphor years ago when we were staying in oxford for just a summer we were in this flat and once a week this lawn care company would come to mow the lawn and i i would get positively beside myself watching these guys mow the lawn because (laughs) it was a big square but just that's it, a big square. I think an eight-year-old with one of those old-fashioned blade-twirling ones yeah. could have gotten it done in an hour. You know? No, okay, hour and a half. It was a big lawn. But it was, like, square. That's it. And it was two men with a pickup with a ramp down the back with a yeah. riding lawnmower with everything. So... They would make a day of it every single week. And they they first got out weed eaters and they would weed eat the entire surface of that lawn for any stray longer weed that they might find. So it was like they they would just comb the surface for a dandelion that was too tall. Then after such time, they got out the riding lawnmower. I was like, you guys, you guys. What are you doing? <laughs> then he would <laughs> he would zoom around on that lawnmower in no kind of order. Like it was not it was not straight, straight lines. He would just loop doodle around and reverse and go back and forth and around the tree and then over here and there. And then of course it would take him forever to go back and get all the little bits he missed. <laughs> and then after that the two of them would get out rakes. <laughs> because they did not bag it as they went. And then they would rake the whole surface of the lawn and then they would load it up by hand into the back of the truck and drive away that's, after many, many hours. That's and like what happens if you're getting paid by the hour right there. I know. That is not what happens if no. you're trying to do a good job. No. and But I every Value week, for time is not the priority. Every week. And I would stand there at the window going like, I don't consider myself an efficiency freak. But, but it this turns is doing out... It, this is doing it to <laughs> me. that I am. But what I'm saying is I feel like there are parents who, who might be like well-intentioned. They want their children to be good. And so when their little tot is having a freak out, they begin to go down the path of here comes the weed eater first. And then I'm Did anyone bring the ramp? <laughs> so, yeah, it's like it's like, not something that they're just no, doing in the no, normal course of business. No, kind where of. it's just like, hey, you know, take care of it, keep on going, we're gonna move on rather than Well, I remember somebody asking me like, it how did I day. train Blair to not get into the kitchen garbage when she was in her walker? And I think we just had a moment of silence and I was like <laughs> I guess I just put the garbage on top of the washing machine when she's in her walker. <laughs> because I'm like, I just haven't felt like there was any reason for me to stand guard over the garbage and busy myself with little hand flicks and things. Yeah. But, and this is, I think that these things are hard to, so for us, it was not usually that kind of thing that we were start that we were dealing with all the time. But if a little person in a walker had arched her back or screamed at someone or been angry, then that would have been like you stop making sure. dinner to and handle this and to you, cope with this. But sometimes there's just nose. You can't touch the outside. Yeah, but you sometimes they the do stairs, that. Whatever. So but even then 
I feel like it was all pretty smooth and easy unless it was defiant. Like, unless something happens that is defiant. Sure. Then you're I like, think what okay. I'm talking about, though, with the long, drawn-out drama is the person who's like, as soon as I see a disobedience in my child, we begin the 19-step questionnaire that I work through asking them is this how you want to be and then you sit down and then you talk to them about are you being idolatrous (laughs) shall you pick no it's more like trying to talk them through it and ease them out of their moods and and reason with them and when I first you know I mean this is just interesting because I'm old enough now that when I was first having kids in the Christian world of parenting there was way more crazy legalism than uh, now. now. And yeah. what there was at that time was this stuff with like, you need to blanket train your babies yeah. and you need to not let them get out of their crib until they have picked up their toys that are in their crib. And yeah. you need to have them have 30 minutes of silence alone mm-hmm. in their playpen sometimes and you need to and all of this was like to make well-mannered obedient children like that was the goal yeah well the goal is a great goal yeah but i thought that that method was far more likely to raise up a battalion of haters than anything else like it just seemed really tragic but in that in my lifetime of parenting the pendulum has swung so oh, yeah. hard and so far the other way that you have Christians being like, like when, you know, what was that? 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it would have been where you'd be saying, I think it's out of line to be flicking your child's hand for wanting to crawl off of the blanket or, you know, like, like sure. I'd be like, I think you're being unkind. And okay. now it's the whole direction of like, show some kindness by showing these kids a boundary. Yeah. Like, love this child enough to tell them no. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. The cookie dough eater. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what brought this on. Uh-huh. I was realizing that that video, to me, was as unfunny as, like, a video of a really obese child eating ice cream would be like where you're like, it's not funny to make fun of their fat, like to laugh at their fatness when you're making them fat. No, it's not not nice. Yeah. And I just think there's a lot of people who are making their own lives far more difficult than they need to make them. Um, by trying to do, I don't know, lots of conversational workarounds to just making the child stop doing what they're doing you know mm-hmm. like it's just there's a whole lot of shenanigans that well yeah you could just you could just go ahead and say actually we're not going to do that and i'm not gonna give you a big uh socratic dialogue <laughs> about it about why we're not gonna do it <laughs> or just about like kids kids are in one way yes they're abstract thinkers but in another way you just need the real clear boundaries of this is not okay. You may not do it. I was getting my, I had a really hilarious thing happen. I was setting up my um, shafts for my loom the other day on mm-hmm. Sunday and I had put a bunch of heddles, the string heddles on eight shafts. And then when I had gone to pick them up, I couldn't find the pins that you put through the edges of it. So I used okay. knitting needles, but I wasn't thinking too clearly about it. So when I picked them up, some of them shot off the knitting needles and out of the heddle. So it just was like, oh, well, that was dumb. You know, it was whatever. Okay. So I was, as I go to fix the problem, I say to myself, oh, how did that happen? And then I hear Moses all the way down the hall somewhere. He says, hey, mom. <laughs> what? And he said, God is actually in charge of everything. And I said, yeah, that's right. Not realizing this was connected at all. And he's like, so he did it. Because <laughs> I was like, how could this happen? Moses is like, it was the will of the Father. <laughs> Predestination, Father. Uh, <laughs> Romans just, 9. I know. <laughs> it just got me so tickled that he was like, hey, Mom. Mom. God's in charge. <laughs> oh, Catching me in my faulty but... theology around my loom. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean about like, yes, they, 
they do get into some philosophical topics when they're young, but yeah, but they, they do, do not need, need concrete. No, just concrete so much easier. And that was a thing that we always did with our kids was like, I because I like there was a parent telling me like I just don't know what to say because if I say, you know, if you get out of your bed. Then you'll be in trouble. But but then if I don't see them get out of their bed, and then they think that they'll get away with it. And I was like, see, we just said, if I see your head not on your pillow, then you'll get a spanking. You're bringing back to me floods of memories of where it's we easy would schmizo. stand Oh, yeah, peeking in the crack of the, the crack door. of the door. And your kid is like, how are they so omniscient? <laughs> <laughs> because you shut the door, and they hop out of bed, and you open the door, and they're like, they look at you like, oh, how did you know? here a moment ago but Luke and I also spent time whenever I can remember having (laughs) kids who were super emotional like when they desperately needed to sleep but they had passed some frontier where they could no longer (laughs) calm themselves down enough to do it you know what I you know what I mean maybe they're actually have already gotten too old for naps but they real bad need a nap yeah right in that moment whatever I just many a time did we be like, there are two rules. Your head will stay on your pillow and you will not cry. Yeah. Those are the two rules. And I'm going to sit here and not talk to you and watch you. Like, watch you or read to make sure that your head stays on your pillow and that you don't cry. And that's just some parenting hours that you yeah. want to put in. And yeah, boy, you when do. you have put them in, it shows it's a much well, more fun time i remember i don't i don't remember who it was but they came home from preschool and their mom was like what did you learn at preschool today and it was like we learned how to stand in line <laughs> we were laughing about how much of a life skill that is yeah. and it's like blessings on those preschool teachers who put the time in that teach people how to stand stand in the line. line. But there's a lot of parenting young kids where it's like what we did today was we learned how to stay in bed when it's time for a nap or at least, or at least we got a preliminary skirmish out of the way. We might be, this might be a month long ordeal, but it might be every day at nap time. This is what we're doing. But it is so, so worth the effort yes. of having a child who knows how to just do the thing. And I'll tell you what to not do, and that is to give up three weeks into it, thereby guaranteeing that your child knows that if he sticks with anything for, for three, three weeks, weeks <laughs> you have to show no weakness on some what of these What you want is for them to know that for three long weeks, you will stick with it until they just learn that they're going to have to obey on the first time. And mm-hmm. then what you'll find out is that you get first time obedience. It does obedience. not take three weeks every, <laughs> every time single to time. do this. You just have to be willing to... You have to always be willing to be more stubborn than your child But is. the thing is, is that like, let's say that you're a counter. You're a big counter. You know, like I'm going to count till ten... 17. When I get to 17. Well, but when you get to 16 and three three quarters quarters is when they'll obey. And you can just as easily make them obey without numbers. Yes. If they can learn how to behave at nine and seven eighths. Yeah. Then you know that they could have done it when you told them the first time to do it. And actually, the thing that's interesting is that by sneaking up that deadline, by moving it up... You actually teach them, like people ask me all the time because of that one quote that's out there on the internet about be the kind of woman who can say to her emotions, shut up and salute Jesus. They ask me all the time, how do you even learn that? What we're dealing with now is a generation of people who were not taught themselves how to control themselves. And they're really bad at teaching the next generation how to control themselves because they don't know. But this... Is how. Mm -hmm. When you see your kid having to compose themselves for obedience because it matters to them that they do so right now. You are seeing someone who is learning their own self-control. They're learning how to do this. And And the other thing about that is that it is... It is so much more loving to teach them that than to teach them to run out to the... Like, they they learn how to quickly obey. They're learning how to do that, not just 
towards you, they're learning how their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Like when I know I have to do something. Also, now that you mentioned that quote, be the kind of woman who can tell her emotions to shut up and salute Jesus. I was struck in the sermon yesterday. Um, dad was preaching. He was talking about um, in the garden where Jesus was asking if there is any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And he was talking about how Jesus didn't want to go. His emotions didn't want to go. Um, and yet he was obedient. And I was thinking, it's not interesting that even Jesus had this when you, and so when you say you need to be able to tell your emotions, no, and salute Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is actually something Jesus showed Himself. us how to do it. Is well, to- that's what... Didn't we talk about this on the podcast? That's why I just paused all of a sudden. Probably, but what, I wasn't just Wasn't it Luke commenting that what Jesus did on the cross was not... It wasn't, it wasn't the obedience of not mouthing off at someone. It was the actively yeah. doing something that you didn't yes. want to do. But also... Jesus himself having to set aside his emotions in order to obey. And so it actually is incredibly Christ-like when we are able to do it. So to act as if, and many people will come running in to say, you're teaching your children to be wildly suppressed and, you know. I just have to say, no, you should meet our children because it's a <laughs> raucous, fun time. Like, yeah. like they really are not. No, and they're not trying to train up children. The who thing are is, huge though, duds. it is actually possible to create a lot of repressed, angry, mm-hmm. ingrown toenails of humans, mm-hmm. um, because it really is it's not just possible, and it's it's easy. Commonly it's done. the other side of the not. It's the other side of the total indulgence. Is is just not walking with the spirit. It's not walking faithfully in the, all of the difficulties is you can either just live by kind of carnal, like legalities, you know, kind of like, we'll just yeah. make them, we'll make them conform until they get old enough to not owe us this obligation. And then yeah. of course they don't want to be by us. They have no love. Yeah. They have no loyalty. They have no desire to be around you because mm-hmm. what kind of fun have you ever been? And they probably will have all kinds of strange neuroses that you managed to pack in there yeah. because, um, what we're talking about is not a heavy handed, angry, obey me right now. You dratted little peasant. No, it's- because that's the part of it that like, that going back to the woman who can tell her emotions to shut up and salute Jesus is the only person who's actually equipped to teach it to their child. Yeah. When you yourself, when you yourself control yourself that way, you have yeah. reason to teach your child and they know, they just know that you are qualified to do this because yeah. you actually are. But if you're an angry, overbearing, critical, short tempered, short fuse kind of a parent, that actually is wildly self-indulgent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That is, that is a parent. I think I, I think I said this in one of my books, but frequently the parents who make life just a monster time for everybody are the ones who think that they're, they always think they need to be tightening the rules because they're making so many rules that their kids can't possibly be living in compliance with all of them. You right. know, like if you're getting in trouble for leaving a drip on the bathroom counter beside the sink, then like if it's like this outrages us as much as it outrages me that you that you left a sock mm. on the floor of your room and I'm outraged about like where everything is something. Then those are the parents who often end up thinking that their kids are total hellions because they've made so many rules that nobody could easily live in obedience. Right. Here. But I just mean that like if you're a self-indulgent parent like that in the name of righteous parenting, strict, righteous, high standard mm-hmm. parenting. If you're, what you're actually doing is being self-indulgent yeah. and what you will be creating in your children is its own brand of self-indulgence. Totally. Like, and, um, so it's just really important that when you're disciplining, when you're making rules that you're not doing it because it's your own little pet. Right. And coming things. back to fellowship, it's that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. Like, and that's the thing when you're disciplining or when you're teaching your kids something, it should always be the action of going, basically grabbing their hand to say, no, this is the, this is the more beautiful way. 
This is the more happy way. This is the more holy, joyful, vibrant life. Like every time you're pulling them, but, and that's the thing is that it's not, it's not pulling them into compliance or into brainless submission. It's pulling them into fellowship with a, with a loving God and people who love him. It's not a, um, so even if that action, even if discipline is required to go get that child, Mm -hmm. like to get them to come with you, it's not about trying to get them into a state of brokenness or confinement. It's trying to get them. No, it's trying to get them into a state of freedom and living to live, like getting to live freely together in fellowship and joy is a million times better. So like that idea that you're just trying to get them, like discipline is not to try to get your kids into their kennels. No. Like discipline is all about the freedom to walk with God all over the place. And if um, the goal of the discipline should always be to restore fellowship as quickly as possible, it's not about paying them off because of whatever story you have to settle. Yeah. The thing is like if you imagine if your little toddler fell down in a mud puddle your your instinct is to get them cleaned up as quickly as possible. Here, like, come over here. Let's take this off. Let's get you washed up. Let's get you in a clean outfit. Mm-hmm. And now, isn't that all better? That's what discipline should be like. It should not be like, well, let's see how you like that mud. That's kind Just of like sit the, there in that mud. Like the Does that teach you how much you don't like to be in the, the mud? Tying the chicken the dog killed around the dog's neck. You know, like mm-hmm. making the... Yeah, that's a full yeah. remedy. Yeah. That's not something you should ever be doing that style of no. work with your children. No. It's not. It, the whole point is that right. they need to know about cleanliness and happiness, not right. sin and destruction. The thing, is, the thing that broke the fellowship was their sin. And so you are using discipline to bring them back and restore that fellowship as quickly as possible. And if you have long periods of punishment and just let that sink in, why don't you? And now why don't you go sit in your room all have afternoon? Have you managed to feel appropriately bad yet? Yeah, and if yeah. and if you make them sit in their room all afternoon, then basically what you're doing is letting them sit and stew and get more and more yeah. put out with you. I want to bring this up, though, because it's relevant. And I think I've also written about this, but I don't expect you all to have read everything I've ever written. So I'm just... It was like, everyone's going to be like, she's just a one-no like, wonder. She's going to give us this. a quiz on her own works. Exactly. Well, I feel like here I am being repetitive. That's what it feels like. But when people say I'm going to give them grace, it is not grace unless it is getting them out of the sin. Yeah. So if by grace you mean I'm not disciplining right now because there is another method of re- restoring them to fellowship, then use use whatever tools the lord gave us like by all means like that's great but it is not grace to ignore sin and that's what people almost always mean it by they're like mm-hmm. i'm just parenting with a lot of grace yeah. which is why my child is not acting at all like someone who lives in grace like yeah. that like like what is grace like grace is something that restores us to god it's not something that leaves us mm-hmm. in our problems. Yeah. I'm just exactly. like, don't lie to yourself and say that you're giving your kids grace when you're not them getting grace them. You're not doing anything. What you're doing when you cheerfully listen to their rendition of their dream for the 16th yes. time. Oh, I like you somebody know? said, um, but because the Bible reading challenge, that's an interesting thing is that there are Bible reading plans that call it grace like a grace day is the day you don't have to read <laughs> which is so funny because you're like when you're talking about <laughs> should I read my bible or not and you decide to not and you call it giving yourself grace that's really it, funny it's, where it is. is your storehouse it's of like grace? having a cheat day on your diet but you name it diligent day exactly <laughs> exactly this is the day I'm gonna pork out on donuts but I'm gonna call it health first day this is the day this is the day when I've planned yeah it's like this is the day for uh, anyway that just makes me laugh but I think just that's a good thing to think about. Like, do you think you're giving your kids grace when what you're doing is actually indulging yourself in yes. not? Because every time I've actually heard someone use the word just being gracious right now, 
what it is. I is look I at it. I don't want to get up off the couch. It does not is. look like grace. It looks more like lazy. It yeah. looks more like because I don't feel like it. Yeah. This is what that yeah. is. Because yeah. when you don't want to get up and go deal with the problem, it's easier to just yeah. overlook it. I have to say one of the probably the most fun things for me is having my kids all being old enough that their own takes on child discipline oh, yeah. tickles me very hard. Because sometimes they'll just be like, you know what? They just shouldn't have let their kid do that. Because oh, like they really see it as... Like they're closer to their own <laughs> childhood, but they see it as a they see it as a tremendous mercy yes. that they were not left to themselves, yes. which means that they very <laughs> joyfully and cheerfully talk about the times what they oh, tried yeah. to do a oh, bad thing, oh, and they also they also love sort of street analysis of what like it's interesting how that. I don't know. I've just really enjoyed that where they're like, well, I had this toddler with me and I was talking to him and I was like, I don't know why their parents are letting them be like that because <laughs> I felt like they'd be a lot happier if you didn't let know. them, you know, I, I it's know. just, yeah. I, we had, I'm sure I've said this before, but we did have one weird, um, infraction that we just called weirdness. It was like, you can't do weirdness. I don't know how it came to be that, but it was be like, strange forced silliness or weird voices and we'd just be like don't be you know don't do weirdness can't be doing that you know so we just didn't tolerate it but really cracked me up when they started getting old enough to encounter people whose parents had not weeded out the weirdness and Mm -hmm. they would just be like I'm so glad that you didn't <laughs> let us go there. You know, somebody who in eighth grade still can only speak with a Batman voice all the time, you know, or something yes. was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you would never let us do that. You know, where they yeah. start seeing that, totally. ah, you know, I remember it felt like it'd be cool if I spoke with a Batman voice all the time. But. I, there was a time that I decided I was going to. <laughs> Mom just put the kibosh on that in a short <laughs> amount of time. But they have enough. They're like, have a, they were old enough to remember it and old enough to look back in yeah, gratitude that you grateful. were just like, that we were yeah. just laughing about one of those the other night, which was Lena's commitment to low ponytails. For <laughs> there was some time when she was like, I should have a low ponytail. And I was like, now nah, we're going to, I said, you know, I want you to have a ponytail that looks like it's smiling, not yeah. one that's mm. looking too sober. And we had this whole discussion and this was years ago now, you know, and we were laughing about that. We won't wear a founding father ponytail. We're going to put a more cheerful one. Well, now, right now, all of my girls wear their ponytails right on top of their head, (laughs) like with scarves and there, they have a ponytail launch like going on and they, which is funny because that's just what they have gotten into doing. It's what they do. And but it makes me laugh because I was like, yeah. remember when you were really into the remember founding the fathers look? <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing about. Uh, I don't know why, or I not, know. or not wanting anything feminine, not yeah. wanting to have any jewelry on, or not wanting whatever, to try, not wanting, yeah. yeah, and all of those things. It was just like I can remember explaining to them, like in life, like it's okay to not prefer some things, but there are some doors that I will not let you close. Like you don't have, and that was, I've done that with someone saying, I'm not like, I'm not a knitter. I'm saying you're too young to make statements like that. (laughs) I don't care if you don't love knitting and I don't care if you never really take off with knitting, but I care that you not start shutting and locking doors in your life about who you are. Like I'm not the kind who will wear jewelry. Right. Like, nope, mm -mm, that's not one of your options. (laughs) You're going to leave that door open. You might. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Anyways, there's our random well, all about the town. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we have to go pick up kids from school, so indeed we the do. The crisis so, has come upon and us. Then we have to go to a football game. <gasps> Tips. I, I have a tip. Oh, what? Weird tip. Huh? I've tried hairnets in my bannetons, the bread bannetons, and they totally are non-stick. You can put What a, are you talking about? A hairnet? Mm-hmm. Like it's like a why do you need a hair disposable Paul? Oh well, okay. Because I make sourdough. Sometimes if it lingers for a while, like sometimes if I have a if I have bread going 
and I put it in the fridge or whatever. It's yeah. I do a high hydration. So even if you put a lot of rice flour in the yeah. banneton, really they didn't usually stick. But sometimes it would rise more and get yeah. stuck around the edge, and uh-huh. then you have more of a misshapen loaf. Yeah. The hair nets are actually. It's like a disposable hairnet, but you can use it a number of times. It's not like fishnet. It's like really thin. Like tool, kind of? No, it's like, it's, no, it looks more like interfacing or something. Like a really thin kind of, like, I don't know. But either way, it has elastic around the edge. You can put it in the basket. It's like a non-stick surface for sticky bread. So when you dump it out, it just comes out totally clean from the basket. Where do you put the hairnet? In the banneton. Before the dough. Mm-hmm. And then you dump it out and peel the hairnet off of it? No, the hairnet stays in the... It stays with the basket because it has elastic around the edge. So you dump it off and the hairnet comes off. It just is actually a thing that has made me use less of the rice flour, which means less of that flour buildup in your banneton's, which you yeah. do have to knock out at some point. So you know? I have a weird random tip. We've done this the last couple of weeks um, for Sunday lunch. That is from Mimi Thorson's cookbook, but it is surprisingly delicious. But it's sage leaves from the garden. Do you have any sage growing Does about? Does it look like I have sage? I don't know. Maybe. Anyhow, you get sage leaves, Rach. Mm-hmm. You make a batter that's like a beer batter. Just some flour mm-hmm. and salt and nutmeg. And mm-hmm. pour in enough beer till it's like, you know, yeah. coats the back of a spoon. And you dip sage leaves in that and fry them. And they are shockingly delicious. You can believe and you that. Wouldn't, you wouldn't think to fry a sage leaf, batter and fry it. But it's like the leaf gets really soft inside there. But it is stupidly good. And you don't really need a recipe because actually her recipe proportions were super weird anyway. But it's just huh. flour with salt and nutmeg and I think like a pinch of sugar. And then just pour beer in until it's like the right consistency dip and fry so good wow i know that is a tip it is a tip that is it's a, a really weird one but we have beer done battered it. sage leaves yeah, at the merkel's house i know it is very odd and whoever's frying them is trying to bat everyone off from just eating them off it, you you cannot build up a stockpile because everyone's well, snitching you'll have up. to give me some of your sage leaves if that's what you're about <sighs> right all right sounds good yeah all right all until right. next time goodbye bye